BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy last year by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. You're ready for a comeback. And with Purdue Global, you can do more than take classes. You can take charge of your story, of your career, of your life. Earn a degree you can be proud of and get an education employers respect. It's time, your time, not just to go back to school, but to come back and move forward with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback at purdueglobal.edu. This is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander. With seating for up to eight passengers and available panoramic moonroof, you can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with the whole family. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Phenomenal. See, this difference between Black Star Network and Black-owned media and something like CNN. You can't be Black-owned media and be skate. It's time to be smart. Bring your eyeballs home. You dig? October 21st, 2022, coming up on Roland Martin Unfiltered, streaming live on the Black Star Network. Officials in one of Texas's most populous counties, actually, it's bigger than five states in America, is asking the Department of Justice to send federal monitors in response to Republican plans to send observers to the general election. I will talk to Harris County Attorney Christian uh, Menifee about what Republicans are doing there. All charges get dropped against a Florida man accused of vote fraud. We'll talk to Desmond Mead, the executive director of the Florida Rights Restoration Coalition, about Florida's newly funded Office of Election Crimes, which is really a way for Florida Governor Ron DeSantis to target black and brown folks. Remember that black man from Connecticut 
who ended up in paralyzed in police custody. Well, all of his charges have been dropped. Mm. It's amazing how that happens after he's paralyzed. January 6th committee that formally subpoenaed Donald Trump and his sidekick Steve Bannon is going to spend four months behind bars for defying his congressional subpoena. But he's not in jail. The lawsuit filed by GOP-led state's attorney seeking to block the student loan forgiveness plan of President Joe Biden. That crap got tossed by a federal judge. And Fox News' Tucker Carlson goes on a racist rant against Tiffany Cross and Joy Ann Reed. Hmm. Yeah, I got something to say about that white nationalist Tucker Carlson. Now, why is it MSNBC more aggressive in defending their two black female hosts? And in our Education Matters segment, we'll discuss how an organization is helping schools and parents with children with learning differences thrive. Yo, it is time to bring the funk. I'm Roland Martin Unfiltered on the Black Star Network. Let's go. He's got it. Whatever the miss, he's on it. Whatever it is, he's got the scoop, the fact, the find. And when it breaks, he's right on time. And it's rolling. Best believe he's knowing. Putting it down from sports to news to politics. With entertainment just for kicks, he's rolling. folks, we told you how Florida Governor Ron DeSantis has been targeting black and brown folks formerly incarcerated there with his BS voter crime integrity waste of waste of money unit. Uh, and we told you, told you about there about 20 some people who were arrested. We showed you that video. You remember the video? Uh, let's play it again. This is a video that was released, uh, body cam video, uh, where the police, I mean, they were apologetic literally in arresting individuals who supposedly voted illegally, even though the state said they could actually vote. Well, Florida judges set a precedent today uh, by, guess what, throwing out charges against Robert Lee Wood. Um, one, one count of voting as an unqualified elector and one count of making a false affirmation on a voter application. The judge dismissed his charges because the prosecutor lacked jurisdiction. The state alleged Wood registered and voted knowing he was ineligible because of a 1991 conviction. Wood said he did not know he was ineligible to vote because he received a Florida voter registration card. Under Florida law, individuals who exit prison, that's right, lose, have their, have their voting rights restored after leaving the system. Now, again, what you have here is Ron DeSantis trying to conjure up this whole idea of voter fraud. Now, if you want actual voter fraud, 
Go to the villages, a largely Republican community where there were people who were actually arrested for illegally voting. Desmond Mead, the executive director of the Florida Rights Restoration Coalition, he joins me now from Florida. I, I, I see you trying to sit here and have a studio. Um, see, look, look, your wife Shannon told you, stop trying to compete with me. But I see you trying to sit here and got your little lighting and everything. You got, you got your upgraded camera. You know, you got your big old microphone. You need to get you a lavalier. Uh, so I, I, see, I see you, Des, but I see you trying to keep up with a brother. How you doing, Roland? <laughs> or should I say Uncle Roro? That's how it is. I, 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 we, before we came on the air, I said, I said, Henry, look at Desmond trying to keep up with a brother. Trying to, I see with the whole look at the background, everything. You know, I see you. I see you. Y'all, for everybody watching, y'all don't know, every time I buy some new piece of equipment, all of a sudden Desmond go buy it. <laughs> Desmond, I got my... Uh, upgrade. I got my FPV drone. You got one of those? Well, no, I got a DJI. Two of them. Well, I got DJI. It's a DJI too, but it's the it's the FPV. Yeah, I, I'll send it to you offline. <laughs> Let's talk about this deal here. Um, I mean, bottom line is here. You know, y'all got Amendment Four passed, voted overwhelmingly. Republicans in the state they do not want to see all those formerly incarcerated people voting. Uh, they put roadblocks. They threw up there having now to pay all your fines, and and they went to the Supreme Court, got it affirmed there. And it's just one thing after another. Now you have this latest attack against folks uh, who are formerly incarcerated, and we're talking about twenty some odd folks. Would you say there were other? There were lots more who were being targeted by. DeSantis. Oh, yes. Uh, no, Roland, one of the things I tell folks, you know, when they ask me about my reaction about this case getting dropped, you know, I have, uh, I mean, I'm guarded enthusiasm. It's because, you know, I know that there are thousands of people, you know, back in, uh, I believe, prior to June of 2021, uh, there was a list of thousands of individuals uh, that was given to the state uh, that allegedly should not have been voting. And, you know, people talk about the 20, but we know that 10 folks prior to the 20 in, in April of this year was uh, arrested. One of them was a homeless man. Uh, you had a grandfather that was pulled out of his home and arrested. But I want to share this with you, uh, Roland, because I think this really centers where I and my organization are coming from. Uh, FDLE did an investigation of the initial 10 people in Alachua County uh, back at the beginning of, of this year. And one of the statements from one of the gentlemen uh, that was under investigation was like, read like this, I wanted to be a part of civilization instead of being hidden away from crack and everything else in the dark hole. I wanted to be a part of life again. So I said, let me try to vote. It felt good to be a part of something instead of being hidden away. You know, and I, and I read that statement because it really centers me at, at, on people, right? At the end of the day, man, we're talking about returning citizens, citizens of this country that just want to be a part of democracy. But because of the political gamesmanship uh, that we see going on, that we have people that are suffering, people that are, are, are being arrested, people that are being traumatized, families that are hurting. You know, what we don't hear about is that every man or woman that gets arrested if they're the breadwinner for their family, right. while they're incarcerated trying to post bail, guess what? Who is providing for their family? 
these people could be losing their jobs. And there we go, exasperating the collateral consequences that people with convictions or people that are interacting with our criminal justice face. And all for what? Right? For some kind of gain? You know, because at the end of the day, none of these people should have even been arrested. The thing here that um, is, is, is amazing that they're arrested. Now, now, now they got to go through all of this crap. Now they got to go through the legal system. Uh, now they got to hire attorneys. Now they got to incur more costs. They just go on and on and on again. And that's what's also shameful. And then now you go to court and the charges get dropped. Well, they can't recoup all that money they lost. And it's not like these are people uh, with, with sitting on a bunch of money. I mean, you see this video right here, this black woman, she's like, what? And then she goes, let me go tell my husband, uh, no, man, we got it, we'll go tell your husband. I mean, it's crazy. Well, you know, I, I'm, one of the things, I, I'm just grateful that God has really allowed me and my wife to really be in the line of work that we are because right now, you know, FRC, our efforts have created funds to allow people who've been arrested, we will take care of their bail. Right, and we'll also, if they want to, we would help provide them legal defense free of charge, right? And then the one thing that we have to also worry about is that when they're arrested, that arrest get on their record. Then of course, you know, Sheena with the Clean Slate Initiative, that's something that they're working on to clear these arrest records off of people's records so people will be able to get jobs and housing and be able to really thrive, right? And, 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 and be successful in life. Um, and, and, and let's be clear what's happening here. You've got, you've got Republican state's attorneys who are saying, okay, this makes no sense. This was a letter, uh, go to my iPad, this was a letter, uh, that, uh, you sent me, and this is, I dated October 14th, 2022, sex offenders voting in elections. The Lake County Supervisor of Elections presented six cases for review concerning convicted sex offenders voting in the 2020 general election. Letter goes through laying out the statute, things along those lines. This is what the state's attorney office said. In all yes, and rightfully, rightfully so, Roland. You know, one of the uh, things that a lot of folks are not talking about is caught up in this this snare or this uh, uh, persecution of returning citizens are people who registered as Republicans, right? And so when 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 we look at the total breadth of people who've been impacted. You know, I thought that this was a wonderful opportunity to really talk about what does democracy really mean to us, right. right? We know some people, they were concerned about the raid on Mar-a-Lago, saying, you know, why would the FBI want, want to raid uh, Donald Trump's residence two years before the presidential election? Well, if they're concerned about that, they ought to be outraged that people are getting arrested on the eve of election. Right. Right, not one or two years before the election, but on the eve of elections and during elections, you have people being drugged by their home, out of their homes. You have people who, uh, when they were arrested, the SWAT team came to arrest them as if they were Pablo Escobar. And it is about intimidation. And and and, oh. and, and, and here's the thing: this letter says, it says um, two things: a person who willfully swears or affirms falsely to any oath or affirmation or willfully procures another person to swear or affirm falsely to oath or affirmation, okay, goes on, explains committing a felony. This is what they say. In all of the instances where sex offenders voted, each appear to have been encouraged to vote by various mailings and misinformation. Each were given 
voter registration cards, which would lead one to believe they could legally vote in the election. The evidence fails to show willful actions on a part of these individuals. Therefore, the state is unable to file charges. And this is not, <laughs> from you for you, this is not a progressive state's attorney. That's right. This is a person that is following the law and not getting caught up in politics. You know, that gentleman whose statement I, I read, in his particular case, him and nine other people, while they were incarcerated, was approached by the local supervisor of election that told them that they can vote. Right. In one case, the supervisor of elections told one of the uh, individuals that was incarcerated, give me your name, right? I'm going to run your name through the system. If you get a pamphlet from me, that means that you can register to vote. Guess what? A couple weeks later, what this man got? He got a pamphlet. So he registered to vote, and he voted. Right? And then two years later, now the state is coming and attacking him when they ought to be attacking the system that is broken. And that is something that we've been saying since Bush v. Gore, when we've seen thousands of people were removed from the voting roll because they were erroneously classified as returning citizens or being unable to vote because of a felony conviction. So we knew that this system had problems way back then, right? Amendment 4 just exasperated the problems, especially with the requirement of the payment of fines and fees. But the system needs to be fixed. And before a state can take a person, American citizen's liberty, right, that's the thing that is guarded the most in this country, right, a person's liberty. Before the state can just haphazardly just take a person's liberty like that, they need to clean up their side of the street. They need to get their ends taken care of. They need to do their doggone job. Um, well, it's what, again, what this is, I think, what those arrests are for, is to actually scare the hell out of anybody formerly incarcerated to go, oh, you know what, I, 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 I bet not vote because, you know, I might get arrested. I mean, that's we see what Ron DeSantis is trying to do. Roland, that's one of the main reasons why I wanted to come on the show, because I understand that this may have a chilling impact on people, right? But I want to ensure anybody that's listening in the state of Florida, and if you have friends or family that's in the state of Florida, that the Florida Rights Restoration Coalition, I can tell you right this right now, right here, right, in living color, that we're standing with each and every one of them. That's why we started the bail fund that anyone could donate to. We're bailing people out. And that gentleman that had his case shop is because we arranged for him to be uh, uh, represented by a, a criminal uh, a legal defense counsel, right? And so we're fighting this tooth and nail. We're pushing back. And our message is, is that a person ought to do their due diligence to see if they're eligible, and if they truthfully, honestly, earnestly believe that they have the right to vote, that they should not let any of this prevent them from going out to vote. And if they think that they may not have the right to vote, at the very bare minimum, they need to get five to ten of their family members and friends to turn out and vote on their behalf, right, in this election. Make sure that we're sending politicians a very clear message. Returning citizens don't scare easy. Desmond Mead, always good to see you, man. Thank you so very much. Uh, and uh, look, we're, we're going to be right here again, let people know about these issues uh, because what too many of these Republicans are doing uh, is that they don't want free and fair elections. They don't want to open the opportunities for everybody to vote. And this is all meant to have a chilling effect 
on the formerly incarcerated, the 1.4 million people in Florida, uh, and it makes no sense whatsoever. And as you said, there are people who are formerly incarcerated who, who are registering as Republicans. So there's no assumption that all of these people are going to be Democrats, uh, but what they're doing here just simply makes no sense whatsoever. And it's a massive waste of taxpayer money. Oh, of course. It, it definitely is. And, you know, it, it's a shame that this is going on now. You know, one of the things I said earlier was that, you know, you would expect people who we elected the office or appoint into certain positions to not try to manufacture excuses for a failed system or a broken system. What we expect these individuals to do is to develop solutions, right, to these problems not put the blame on citizens when the responsibility is really on the state. All right, then. Uh, Desmond, I appreciate it, man. Thanks a lot. Thank you for having me. All right, folks. Uh, again, uh, another example of what Republicans are doing is in the state of Texas. They cannot stand Harris County. Why? Because Harris County has gone blue in many ways. And so uh, Republican Governor Greg Abbott, Lieutenant uh, Governor Dan Patrick, the Secretary of State, uh, the uh, thug uh, Attorney General uh, Paxton, they have been targeting Harris County. Remember, they battled them when it came to uh, the voting changes they put in place during COVID. Now, they're trying to send in observers and to look at the vote in Harris County. Why? No reason whatsoever. Now, Harris County leaders, Mayor Sylvester Turner, uh, Judge Linda Hidalgo, they have sent a request to the Justice Department, Civil Rights Division, for federal monitors. In the letter, Harris County officials say they are concerned about the timing of the Texas Secretary of State and Attorney General's plan to send inspectors, election security trainers, and legal advisors to observe the election. Harris County is the state's largest metropolitan area. And, of course, as I said, Democratic-leaning. The changing demographics... Texas Republicans have made it harder to vote in the state, and this move adds to the restrictive measures to intimidate and add doubt to voters' confidence. The DOJ has not responded to Harris County's request. Joining us now is Harris County Attorney, uh, Harris County Attorney Christian Menifee, one of the signees of the letter. Christian, glad to have you on Roland Martin Unfiltered. Um, this has been, and, and, and let's take people back um, for about five years. 2017, Republicans were so pissed off because Democrats were being elected countywide in Texas, they ch countywide in Harris County and Dallas County, that they changed the law and they got rid of, uh, they got rid of uh, straight ticket balloting, straight, straight ticket voting, all because of what happened in Harris County. COVID hits. Then they get upset about the changes put in place uh, when it came to drive-through voting. It's like, oh, no, no, that's, that, that's bad, which made no sense because literally if you can vote in your car, what's the difference between you getting out of your car and walking into a building? But it was all because of health and safety protocols. Then they went after Harris County because of drop boxes. And so one location in all of Harris County, and people don't understand Harris County is, what, larger than about four or five actual states in, in America? And so, for a state role, and it'd be the 25th most popular state in the country. There you go. So th this is a direct attack on Harris County because Democrats have been elected countywide in Harris County. That's exactly right, Roland. And really, you make the point perfectly. It's about context here. This is part of a pattern of state GOP leaders in Texas 
directly working to undermine election officials in Harris County and to cast doubt in the election processes. Back in 2016, you saw folks being elected countywide, uh, and that really started in 2008 when President Obama first got elected. But the first midterm that we were able to win in Harris County was in 2018. And immediately, you saw the state of Texas stepping in, trying to undermine our processes. Of course, during the global pandemic, we expanded voter access in ways that people hadn't seen before. You had drive-through voting. You had 24-hour voting locations. Uh, not only did the state come in and threaten to take legal action against Harris County for doing that, but in the next legislative session, they passed one of the most restrictive voting laws in the entire country, directly aimed at undermining the things that had been done in Harris County. In fact, on the floor of the Texas House, one of the representatives who was a sponsor for the bill uh, took some language out of the Texas Constitution, which clearly has racist roots. It was intended to preserve the purity of the ballot box. They let us know exactly what these laws were about. Fast forward, we changed from a clerk administration system to an elections administrative system. And when we created that office, the state of Texas at first refused to acknowledge the creation of that position. And now here we are today where they have announced a nonsense audit. And this audit was announced last year. Former President Donald Trump publicly called on Governor Greg Abbott to audit the 2020 election in areas in, in the state of Texas. And just hours later, the Secretary of State's office magically said, oh, actually, we've already been auditing that election in several counties, and so we're going to continue doing that with our full forensic audit. This was obviously done to appease former President Donald Trump, and they have now stretched that, used it as leverage uh, to come up with a bunch of unremarkable conclusions that they say require that they send inspectors and a task force of folks from the Attorney General's office. And I think that those words are very important, Roland. Inspectors and a task force. They're trying to intimidate our election workers. They're trying to make people fearful of participating in the process. And that's why we're calling on the DOJ to send monitors to watch the state of Texas as they involve themselves in our election. And here's the crazy thing. He won Texas. But, the, but in Texas, they are pissed off at Democrats being elected in Harris County. They're mad. Republican, Republicans used to control Dallas County. Now Dallas County is flipped. The sheriff, the DA, judges, they're angry about that. They are, they are upset. Bayer County, San Antonio. They've been upset with Travis County, where Austin is. They cannot stand what has been happening in these larger counties, and then they're really upset with the white suburbs. But folks don't realize, in the 2020 election, Democrats were within four or five seats of taking control of the Texas House. That's what they're most freaking freaked out about, because then, if Democrats get control of the Texas House, the Senate is just hard because you've got all those rural areas of Texas, and so they're all going red. But they know that if Democrats control the House, they control the Speaker of the House. And they can't ram through gerrymandering and other bills, and they do not want the suburbs of, of Houston dictating politics in Austin. That's why there's a target on the back of every official in Harris County. That's right. These efforts were aimed directly at Harris County. You made the point that Dallas County went blue before Harris County did, and that's exactly right. But what we've seen is the way that they have attacked Harris County in the Houston area has been unique to the state of Texas. It's nothing like uh, anything we've seen in the history of the state of Texas. 
And I would argue that if you look at the mayor of Houston, an African-American man, Sylvester Turner, if you look at Lena Hidalgo, who was elected uh, as the first non-white man, uh, a young Latina who serves as our county judge, if you look at my race, I was uh, the first African-American elected as Harris County attorney. The people who are in these offices look different and think different from the folks who run these states and this state. And that's why they've directed their vitriol towards our county. And they understand that the policies that we're implementing in Harris County are working. Uh, people are beginning to see the light and now shift their votes to Democratic. And everybody knows that uh, the path to flipping the state of Texas must go through Harris County. You've seen many of the major candidates on the Democratic side spending heavy amounts of time uh, campaigning here. And at the same time, Roland, we've seen an unprecedented amount of money being poured into our local county judge race by Republicans from across the state. We've seen our governor talk about folks involved in that race. We've seen our lieutenant governor talks about folks involved in that race. They very much want to try to take Harris County back. And, you know, if, if all else fails, you come in, you set up, and this is happening across the country. It's part of, you know, a nationwide thing that occurred after Trump pushed the big lie. But you put processes in place so that people can call into question the results of the election. And immediately following the election, you can try to undermine the legitimacy of the people who took elected office. All right, then. Christian Menefee, look, uh, y'all keep the fight up. Uh, it, it, it's just ridiculous what is happening there. And this is all political payback from Republicans in Austin. We're going to keep up the fight. That much you, I can guarantee you. Thank you. Uh, I will see uh, folks in Houston. I'll be there on Sunday. Uh, there's a GOTV um, uh, rally taking place, a get-out-the-vote rally. Folks, pull the graphic up if you ha if y'all have it ready. Uh, we're going to be there uh, partnering with the NAACP and other organizations for this uh, GOTV rally. The point, folks, is uh, simple. Uh, is, again, drive the vote. Understand, we can talk all day, we can criticize all day, we can complain, uh, but the way to shut these folks down is to do so uh, at the ballot box. And so there is tremendous power uh, in doing so, and we have to be willing uh, to use our power uh, at the ballot box. And so uh, this is, go, go on iPad, please, uh, when it pulls up. It's called uh, the uh, fight for, it's called the fight for democracy. I'm gonna pull it up right now, give me one second. Uh, we're going to be there with uh, a number of entertainers, other speakers, uh, and activists as well. Um, again, encouraging folks to vote. Early voting is taking place. Uh, we are seeing massive turnout of early voting uh, in various places. And so you see it right there, the fight for democracy. Uh, again, working with the NAACP Sunday, 4 to 7 p.m. Uh, at Avenida Plaza. Uh, and Bun B, Latoya Luckett, Slim Thug, DJ Mr. Rogers, DJ Frank Ski, Lil Kiki, uh, Spud Howard, Lenora, Mango Punch, and many others will be there. And this is a partnership with a number of organizations. This GOTV rally taking place in Houston. Let's uh, introduce my panel right now, folks, to talk about this again, uh, what is happening, because I, I, I keep warning y'all, we, we can sit here and play games if we want to, uh, but what Republicans are trying to do uh, is devious, understand uh, how utterly ridiculous it is, uh, and their whole strategy is to keep us from voting. Because they know if we use our power and if we drive our numbers uh, in a significant way, they cannot win. Which is why I keep telling y'all, if we start voting at 70 and 75 and 80, 85, 90% of our capacity, we could flip elections all across the country, all across uh, the South, the Midwest, the Southeast, but it can't happen when our turnout is at 35, 40, 
45, 50%, it simply can't happen. Matt Manning, civil rights attorney, Michael Imhotep, host the African History Network show, Dr. Nola Haynes, uh, Georgetown University School of Foreign Service. Glad to have all three of y'all here. I mean, look, Matt, you're there in Texas. You, you take the case in Florida, how they're targeting folks, uh, uh, those formerly incarcerated. You look at what they're doing, trying to move to Harris County. This is all a part of the Republican strategy across the country. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy last year by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Hey guys, it's Ray from the Bobby Bone Show here to tell you the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure ready RAV4. Let's go! Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain from the road to the hills to the trails all over. And with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating up to eight passengers. Yeah. And with available features like the panoramic moonroof, you can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. Visit your local Toyota dealer. Check out amazing national sales event deals on RAV4s, Highlanders, and more. Visit buyatoyota.com. That's buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Hello, America. It's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you don't have Consumer Cellular yet, now is the perfect time to switch and save. For a limited time, new customers can get wireless service for as low as $15 a month for your first year. Yep, the same exact nationwide coverage as the leading carriers for $15 a month for an entire year. What are you waiting for? Call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com and use code RADIO15. See ConsumerCellular.com slash FIRSTYEAR15 for promotional details. To keep us from voting. This is classic voter suppression. Absolutely. There is no question that it's classic voter suppression. And as it relates to Florida, what's particularly interesting there is that Ron DeSantis, obviously, we know he's doing all of this to try to get reelected, you know, dispatched state uh, attorneys who didn't even have jurisdiction. So, you know, the court threw it out because there was no evidence that the uh, crimes actually took place in two different counties. And that's like a threshold issue. That's something that a, a basic prosecutor would look at and know whether they have jurisdiction or not. So that's what's particularly insidious is that you know, they're they're going forward on claims that they know they can't prove because they want to chill people's right to vote. As it relates to Texas, it's, you're exactly right. I mean, they attacked Harris County during the pandemic, trying to, I think, cut it down to one uh, drive-through mail uh, ballot box for an entire county of 4 million people. I mean, not even hiding their, their position and not even hiding their strategy. So I think you're right. I think the right to vote is completely under assault here in Texas. 
and Greg Abbott and Ron DeSantis, as I say every week, are both trying to use people as pawns to get reelected. Um, all of this is not only the Republican strategy, but their individual strategy to try to stay and uh, to leverage some of that, you know, votes from the Republican base and to, to let people know, look, we're doing everything we can to keep this America the way you want it and the way we think it should be. Uh, and they're not hiding that fact at all. Oh, uh, look, Nola, I mean, I, I can tell you right now, um, <clears throat> folks who are watching, people out there who are like, oh, you know, I'm not quite sure. Look, there's a very deliberate, deliberate effort by Republicans across this country. We can just go state by state. So this is not, oh, isolated. No, this is all by design because they know if they shrink the electorate, they got a better chance of winning. Why Donald Trump so angry? Because, because the electorate expanded in 2020 with, with mail-in balloting and, and uh, ballot drop boxes, and Republicans are pissed that they lost. Absolutely. Well, first of all, it's really nice to be in studio, so I'm happy to be here. And, you know, it really, it, it is strategic. And it's, it's strategic and it's very dangerous. I often feel like, well, lately, like Thanos snapped his finger and, like, half of the population across galaxies disappeared. It's like he snapped his finger and we're, like, back in the 1950s before Brown, before civil rights legislation. That's what it really feels like. The fact that the federal government has to come in and monitor voting, that is just mind-blowing. And it's setting a very dangerous precedent. And, you know, again, by design and strategy, it's to intimidate voters not to vote, especially when we think about the change in our country, it has been over time, but it's also been abrupt in many ways. You have people who just want to live their lives. They want to get up and go to work, you know, enjoy, enjoy their own time with their friends and their family. We weren't thinking about having to get up and marching in the streets to protect our voting rights. So there's this level of comfort that we've all been in to now we're waking up to a very different world where we're not mobilized the same ways in which we were. So I'm really happy, I'm really happy that that event is happening that you're going to in Houston. But we really woke up and we're in a different time and it's calling for different types of measures. And, you know, I, I, I hate to say it, you know, we have to get out there and we have to continue fighting. As tired as I know, especially black folks are, we have to continue fighting because we we are not we are not in a country right now where equality and equity are on par. You know, we are still having to fight for just basic, basic liberties, basic democratic rights, such as voting. Michael, the, the, when we walk through this, when we talk about, we walk through these issues and people go, oh, you know, this is really not that big of a deal, it's not that alarming. <laughs> you know, what, what, what they're not understanding when Steve Bannon and his minions out here are saying this crazy stuff, when they're talking about what they want to take over, they're serious. They are running people for secretaries of state. Absolutely. For, for election supervisors. They are desperately trying to throw overturn elections. And the thing I keep trying to tell all these black people, they're not hiding it. This is not, right. this is not overt. This is not covert. It's very overt. They're saying, if we win, Trump's going to win. They're saying it. Yep. And, and they're, they're letting you know what's going to happen. They say they're going to impeach Biden. They say they're going to repeal the Inflation Reduction Act. But you talk about Stephen K. Bannon. 
Uh, Bannon said some months ago on his podcast that the way to political power in America today is through the local school boards. And if you mm -hmm. study what's happened with the local school boards and the, um, the um, fights over banning books, the fights over critical race theory, this is funded by dark money. This is funded by—and uh, uh, they've organized numerous organizations. There was an expose by NBC News, and they estimated about 165 right-wing um, parent organizations across the country. Okay, have been funded and they get help from Fox News and politicized by Fox News, and they're using this to go from the from the grassroots up to the federal government and take and and, and focus on local uh, offices, local politicians, local political offices from the grassroots up. You look at we look at what's going on in Florida. I cannot stress this enough. I know, I know, Roland, uh, when you were interviewing Desmond Mead, and, and shout out to that brother, you were saying that this doesn't make sense or something like this. It makes perfect sense when you understand the history of Florida. Okay, Florida was the first state to have poll taxes in 1889, before Mississippi had poll taxes. Florida instituted its felony disenfranchisement law in 1868, two years before the 15th Amendment was, was adopted. And when, when you go research the history of Florida, they did this. They inst instituted uh, felony disenfranchisement laws in a state that had a 48 percent black population. Almost half of the state of Florida, after slavery ended, was African-American. And they knew that if they did not put laws in place, these black people would vote and take over the state legislature. Yep. OK? So this makes perfect sense. What we have to understand is that this may be our last free and fair election here in 2022. This, that's real. This, yeah. This, this, people don't understand how dangerous this right. stuff is. These people are playing for keeps. Indeed. Indeed. Got to go to a quick break, folks. We come back, we're going to talk about an effort to combine comedy with voting. Uh, it's all about folks using every tool at our disposal to turn people out in this November midterm elections. Uh, we'll discuss that next on Roland Martin Unfiltered right here on the Black Star Network. When we invest in ourselves, our glow, our vision, our vibe, we all shine. Together, we are black beyond measure. Welcome to Atlanta, one of the most expensive housing markets in America. But rather than help out, Brian Kemp cashed in. He made hundreds of thousands of dollars in real estate. His net worth skyrocketed. And while Atlantans struggled to stay in their homes, Kemp gave $10,000 tax handouts to the richest Georgians and a nearly $700 million no-bid contract to his campaign donor. Brian Kickback Kemp, making Georgia work for him, not you. When we invest in ourselves, we all shine. Together, we are black beyond measure. Hi, I'm Vivian Green. Hi, I'm Wendell Pierce, actor and author of The Wind in the Reeds. Hey, yo, Peace World, what's going on? It's the Love King of R&B, Raheem Devon, and you're watching Roland Martin, Unfiltered. All right, y'all, the voter suppression tips are not funny, but National Coalition on Black Civic Participation, they are 
the middle of their uh, Unity 22 Get Out the Vote comedy tour. That's right, to engage voters in through laughter. Joining us right now is Melanie Campbell, President and CEO of the National Coalition on Black Civic Participation, as well as Michelle, the indie mom of comedy there in Pontiac, where they're getting ready for tonight's comedy show. All right, so um, how many places have y'all gone to already with, with, with the comedy shows? Uh, four, high rolling, four states, and how many cities? We've had, this is our fifth city. city. Yeah. Gotcha. And so, uh, how, how have things been going thus far? And it was, I mean, so you have comedy shows, but what are you doing there? Uh, is it a requirement that, that, are they free? Or if you can buy a ticket, you got to register? What would explain what's going on? Hi, Roland. Um, the comedy nights are really for the organizers and activists. We're talking about uh, how, how stressful it's been. Uh, so we are hosting these uh, comedy nights to bring some laughter and some joy to the folks on the ground who are doing the hard work. And then we're joining them or, um, in, uh, in their uh, organizing. These are our, 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 a lot of these are our state affiliates and partners for the National Coalition, but many, there's a coalition effort. And the whole idea, because we had heard from folks in the summer saying, look, we've not had a break in six years. It has been relentless. And it's part of the strategy is to get folks so tired that we don't we can't continue to fight. So that's what the night, the comedy nights are all about. Um, and then we go out and canvas, knock on doors, uh, and bring it. And it's and yes, it is free. We're not charging anything, uh, but to come and enjoy themselves so they can fight another day. And that uh is something that um, you know, we're quite sure, you know, you try to use culture in different ways. Right. And some and so Michelle, my Sarah here, uh Delta Sarah here. Uh, who has been uh, our lead on this. And so, Michelle, anything? So, so, Roland, for us, we understand that there's a lot of apathy. Even for the people who are boots on the ground, they're tired. And so we all know that laughter is able to bring levity to some of the heaviest situations. That's how we've made it as Black folks in this country. We've been able to laugh through our pain. And so our intention with this is to show the power of the ballot, but also to invigorate those Black women. We got to be honest, we're here with the Black Women's Roundtable. We're here with the National Coalition on Black Civic Participation. These Black women, for years and decades, have been working, going door to door, phone banking. And so we want to make them laugh. We want to make them feel encouraged. We want to let them know we appreciate that hard work, but we can't give up. We've got a long way to go. And so we, we put this together, and I'm excited to be the host of this amazing Power of the Ballot, Get Out the Vote comedy tour. Excited to have B Flat with me, Vanessa Fraction with me, and Aaron Jackson with me, Black women who have been doing comedy for decades and making great strides. And so we're combining laughter, levity, and getting out here to get people to the ballot and vote on November 8th. Ain't no, ain't no, ain't no brothers? Yes. No, bro no brother comedians rolling? No, but no, but Michelle talking about all the black women working, black women. I was like, what, the brothers, I'm like, what, the brothers can't laugh? Roll, roll, roll. The brothers are right there laughing with us. I, mean, I, 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 I just want to, no, I, I just want to make that clear, because Michelle ain't like the brothers ain't working. Nobody said, said that, Don't, don't let me have to roll the video back. Uh, anyhow, anywho, we are right there, and look, everybody's coming in. You know, it, yes, it's Black Women's Roundtable, but we got the Black Women Initiative down there. We had John Taylor with us on the ground. We got brothers right there with us, right. laughing as well. Um, and also, we're leveraging the power of the sister vote, power of Black women uh, who are leading in this work 
on the ground. But the comedy night is for everybody that wants to come, that's doing the work. Absolutely. You can come rolling. Look, no, no, no. Look, I ain't dealing with you. Last time I had to deal with you. Thank you for showing, showcasing a lot of what we're doing on the ground. We know you all over the place, too. But if you find a minute or two to come join us, we're actually extending it. And we're going back to, uh, when we leave uh, Michigan, we're going to uh, uh, Philadelphia and Pittsburgh, but we're going back to Florida and Georgia we, uh, to help them uh, with the final push. In, Georgia, in Florida, we have, we're going back because when we were there for the comedy night, a lot of, they're dealing with it still, even though they don't talk about it on the news as much, the, the, uh, the, uh, that storm really impacted black yeah. communities. So we're going back to Daytona. We're going to be on Bethune-Cookman's campus. Um, and we're going uh, to Orlando as well as other parts of Central Florida. And then we're coming back to Georgia um, to close out uh, right through Election Day. We're not, we're not going to let off the gas until Election Day. Oh, well, absolutely. And so uh, uh, that's great. Sounds great. Uh, comedy is great. Uh, and so, um, uh, Michelle, what, 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 your hair going to say that color through the whole tour? You, you know what? See, that's what you pay. That's what <laughs> I was asking. I'm just, I'm just asking. You petty mercy. You petty mercy. Baby. I'm just, look, look, I don't admit to being petty. You're acting like a good alpha man. Come on now. What? I'm just saying, she got Delta red hair. I'm what? what? Why? Representing and making these folks laugh and getting them to the polls. That's the whole point. I don't care if I got to wear a zebra wig. I will do whatever it takes. Units. I'll do Where are units. We got our units. <laughs> We got units rolling, and so we units, units and cat suits. Okay, all right. Uh, <laughs> all right, I appreciate it. Good luck. All right, tell people where they can go get more information. Tell people where they can go to get more information on the comedy tour. Unitycampaign.org. Unitycampaign.org. All right then. All right, we well, appreciate it. Thanks a bunch. All right, bye-bye. All right, folks, uh, we come back. Uh, we, we were in Georgia. We stopped by a number of different places, uh, including uh, this uh, coffee shop owned by our sister who graduated from Howard just a few years ago. Uh, and we talked about, uh, you know, the, the Senate campaign, uh, Raphael Warnock, Hershel Walker, uh, and she expressed some concern in terms of from her position as a business owner. And so we're going to share that conversation uh, with you when we come back. Also, we're going to talk about the blatant racist attack by Tucker Carlson against Tiffany Cross and Joanne Reed on MSNBC, especially uh, against Tiffany. I've got a few words to say about that. And, of course, there's some other news we'll be covering as well. Folks, don't forget to download the Black Star Network app. All platforms, Apple phone, Android phone, Apple TV, Android TV, Roku, Amazon TV, Xbox One, Samsung Smart TV. Uh, and, of course, uh, you can also uh, join our Bring the Funk fan club. Every dollar you give goes to uh, support uh, this show. Uh, and, of course, you know how we do. Uh, you want to send your check and money order, please do so to P.O. Box 57196, Washington, D.C., 20037-0196. Cash app, dollar sign RM Unfiltered. PayPal is R. Martin Unfiltered. Venmo is RM Unfiltered. Zelle is rolling at rollingsmartin.com. Rolling that, RolandMartinUnfiltered.com. And if you want to get your copy of your book, White Fear, How the Browning of America is Making White Folks Just Lose Their Minds, Ben Bella Books, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, IndieBound, Bookshop, Chapters, Books A Million, Target. You can also order your book through your favorite black book bookstore. 
And of course, uh, you can also download the book uh, on Audible as well. So uh, going go to the break here. Uh, so let me go ahead and uh, since Nola decided to come in here. First of all, no, did nobody invite Nola to come in to be on the set? Yeah. Uh, she was like, uh, I'm coming in. Yeah. I was like, seriously? Seriously? I should have made the COVID test. Since, so since you're from New Orleans, let me go ahead and uh, I was playing uh, some Johnny Gill earlier. She had no appreciation for Johnny Gill. He, no. Yes. True. What'd you say? What'd you say, Nola? I didn't know one song. What'd one you song. say? No, that's not what you said. You like, well, I don't even know last time I listened to anything Johnny Gill. See, he put extras you on it. You putting extras on it. No, I didn't. Yeah, you are putting extras on that's it. That's what you said. I'm just not up listening to Johnny Gill. Well, you need to like, you need to step your music game up. Oh, okay, I gotta step my music game yeah, up. Yeah, because right okay. now it's lacking, y'all. Apparently it's to, lacking. I was about to snatch the Johnny black Gill card. is the barometer. That black of blackness. card is about to get snatched. <laughs> Johnny Gill is the barometer of no, blackness. No, black card is in review. <laughs> oh Lord. So, y'all go get y'all Johnny Gill now. <laughs> yeah, y'all damn sure better go listen to my man Johnny Gill. Uh, so let me go ahead and go to break oh, uh, with this right here. So I guess, you know, she'll wake up now. Since she coming to my Please show. don't play no juvenile. You about to play two, She coming one, to sleep. Two, three. Alright, y'all. back to my BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Hey guys, Rob Parker here to tell you the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer. Making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new Toyota truck like the rugged half-ton Tundra. Workhorse by nature, powerhouse by design, the Tundra combines raw capability with premium comfort and advanced tech to fuel your wildest adventures. And with the available iForce Max hybrid powertrain, you can take electrifying horsepower further than ever before or check out the fully redesigned Tacoma delivering trail dominating power and captivating style the new Tacoma was born to make your off-roading dreams come true and with the new available tech this legendary truck is getting even better and when you buy a Toyota truck you buy Toyota dependability meaning your truck will hold its value long into the future so visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com Toyota, let's go places Tired of restless nights? Meet Lisa, the sleep experts <sighs> Here at Lisa, we know that good sleep is essential for mental, physical and emotional health. That's why their mattresses are made for exceptional comfort and support, catering to every sleep need. Check out Lisa's Sapira Hybrid Mattress, named best hybrid mattress five years running Sleep hot 
The Chill Collection is built with cool-to-the-touch top fabric and layers of high-density comfort foams, all intended to remove excess body heat while maximizing comfort. With Lisa, getting a new mattress has never been easier. Delivery is free, and you have 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. Don't spend another night dreaming of better sleep. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com forward slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. That's l-e-e-s-a.com forward slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. When we invest in ourselves, we all shine. Together, we are black beyond measure. Welcome to Atlanta, one of the most expensive housing markets in America. But rather than help out, Brian Kemp cashed in. He made hundreds of thousands of dollars in real estate. His net worth skyrocketed. And while Atlantans struggled to stay in their homes, Kemp gave $10,000 tax handouts to the richest Georgians and a nearly $700 million no-bid contract to his campaign donor. Brian Kickback Kemp, making Georgia work for him, not you. When we invest in ourselves, our glow, our vision, our vibe, we all shine. Together, we are black beyond measure. I am on screen, and I am representing what a black man is to the entire world that's going to see this. And this might be the only black man, a representation of a black man that they see. Right. So I am responsible, right, for how they see black men. And it's my responsibility to, if I am not playing an upstanding, honorable, of someone with a strong principle and moral core, to make sure that this character is so specific. Right that it is him, not black men. And I wish that more actors would realize how important uh, their position is as an actor, as an actor of color, playing people of color on screen. Because there are people that see us all over the world in, in, in these different right. images that we portray, and not everyone knows black people to know, yes, that's not all. This is Judge Matthews. What's going on, everybody? It's your boy, Mac Wild. Hey, what's up, y'all? It's your boy, Jacob Lattimore, and you're now watching Roland Martin right now. Savannah, Georgia, we stopped by several black-owned businesses uh, encouraging folks to vote. One of those places was called the Culturist Union. Uh, E.B. Elm, she is the owner of that. She's a graduate of Howard University. Uh, and uh, we had a good conversation going by her place. And so, uh, check this out. Hey, how you doing? Good. Hey, how you doing? 
Hey, how you doing? How are you? Doing good? Yeah. Doing good? Yeah. Good to meet you. Yeah. I've actually met you before. Really? Yeah, at Howard University in 2019. All right. Came to the um, theater department, did a little work series there. Oh, it was a, it was a panel conversation. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. Cool, cool. I'm glad you're here. All right, absolutely. Little circle moment. Oh, yeah. So how, lo how long have you had this spot? Since Juneteenth. Okay. Yeah. Cool, cool. So, yeah, it took us a minute, but we did it. Uh huh. I said it took us a minute, but we did it. Okay. Crowdfunded and. Crowdfunded? Yeah, yeah. Really? Yeah. So, how much How much did you raise? About 175 okay. over three years. Uh huh. And um, Harper State helped us reach our goal. So, you know, black owned business, black owned community. Been good. So, uh, how, how has it, uh, so you said since Juneteenth of this year? Yes. Gotcha. So about four months. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we're creeping on six months. So how has it uh, how has it gone so far? It's been good. It's been a blessing, a study. So. Now are you from here? No, no, I'm from Pontiac, Michigan. So how'd you well, how'd you pick the name Georgia? I am an army brat that okay. I was in the Air Force for ten years. And when I got out, my parents retired here, and I went to SCAD for performing arts, and then I left SCAD, and then I went to Howard for theater management. Got it. Decided to come back here because I wanted to So you to went to Howard for theater management, and you're on the coffee shop? And I own a coffee shop. Okay, well, so. more than just a coffee shop. We do, it's a gathering space. So we do events here. Okay. We have our marketplace that has about 50 black-owned um, sole proprietor businesses. And yeah, we just, we do our thing, so yeah. Yeah, but how did you come up with this concept? Like, where did it come from? Um, it was kind of a smorgasbord of all of these places and things that I've collected over my years of traveling, and I just wanted a place where black creatives could come and, you know, feel centered and take up so, space. So really, you really, you want, what you really wanted was you wanted a, a black creative space that, that kind of got coffee on the side. You got it. Okay. All right. Cool. Cool. Yeah. And so folks have embraced it? Yeah, they have. Okay. Yeah, they have. So it's been good. It's been All good. Right. The mayor comes through sometimes. So it's been um it's been a blessing. A lot yeah. of uh so uh has had been, been lots of uh talk and stuff with regard to the election? Yes, we do a lot of bipartisan um forums here. You know, it's about voting, making sure that they know what's on the ballot. Um, and you know what issues are are you know center for us in our community? Yeah. I was here. I was in 2020 and said we did the same thing. We actually visited different black-owned businesses. Okay. Uh, and so that that's one of the one of the conversations that I've been hearing um, on the state side with Abrams uh, Kemp, but also on the federal side. What uh, have those conversations been like? Folks talking about entrepreneurship and black-owned businesses uh, here in Georgia and how politicians can help with that. Right. You're asking yeah, me yeah, how yeah. much you can help? Have you been in those conversations? What have people been talking about? I mean, is that an issue? It is uh, for an folks? issue. I would say the number one issue is um, access to capital, um, access to funding opportunities. For me, I didn't have that opportunity. I was a single mom. You know, I my credit was limited. My access to my network and net worth was limited. So I had to crowdfund in order to um, actualize this dream. 
Whereas I've had counterparts, you know, white counterparts who've been able to walk into a bank with the same circumstances on paper and, you know, get triple, quadruple the funding that I've been able to receive. Right. And so, you know, I don't know how to move that conversation forward, but I definitely know that it's an issue that needs to be addressed um, immediately. Because there are a lot of black businesses that just need the funding, you know. Oftentimes they want to offer resources as far as marketing support and on how to get your LLC or how to, you know, file your taxes. And it's like that, we're that's not- That's all the easy stuff. Right, we're not ignorant people. We need money, money begets money. And so until you are talking about numbers and capital that can help with funding a, a business, creating the, buying the equipment, paying for the staffing, paying for the inventory, then it's a non-starter. Then you're going to keep us, um, you know, behind the curve when it comes to economic, pro economic progress. Now, did you, did you come from entrepreneurship family? For me, I did. No, I'm a military family, so my dad is military, my uncles are military, my aunts, everybody in my family. Before that, they all worked at the plant in Detroit, you know, building cars. So I think it's been a learning curve for you. Oh, uh, yeah. So I can explain to people, ownership, people think it sounds sexy. They think it's, oh, oh, oh my God, it's amazing. Yeah. Work for yourself. I'm like, ain't that simple? No, it's not. There's a lot that goes into owning and operating a business um, beyond what it looks like. You know, there may be people in here, but at the end of the day, I have to go home and I gotta, you know, reconcile my budget and I gotta figure out inventory. And again, I gotta figure out where this money is gonna come from because, you know, you think it's just an even exchange. Somebody gives you a dollar. That dollar has to pay for right. all of this, you know? And so, yeah, it's, 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 a, it's a learning curve. So when it comes to, uh, let's say, the Senate race, uh, you've got um, Raphael Warnock mm -hmm. running against uh, Herschel Walker. Uh, and um, what have you heard from them on the business side that's been appealing to you? I would say that Herschel Walker, as ridiculous as um, some of his ideals and his platform, when it comes to tax incentives, they have been more um, appealing to me. Warnock seems to be offering, as much as I want to vote for him, more of the same. And so for me, it's like, well, what do I do? Because I don't want to vote for someone who's morally corrupt, but I also don't want to vote for someone who is not going to make me and my business a priority. So it's one of those things where I'm just gonna have to so you haven't decided. figure it out. I have not decided. And do you think that, do you think that, because um, I've heard that from, I've heard that uh, from other folks as well, that um, you know, it's on one hand, we have folks who talk about, oh my goodness, we've got all of these black women who are starting businesses. We've got other African Americans who are starting businesses. But then what happens is when you're starting a business, you all of a sudden, you're not an employee. You're thinking like an employer. So you start looking at tax rates, start looking at pass through, you start looking at, okay, uh, am I keeping more of my money to grow my business? And what they don't what they don't tell you about that statistic about black women, you know, creating more businesses. To be quite honest, most of those businesses are side hustles. There haven't been a lot of black women who've been able to get capital funding from investors, less than 1%. There also hasn't been a lot of 
black women who've been able to grow businesses outside of the six-figure range. Yeah. So you but have it's not just black women. Right. I mean, it's, I mean, like literally, right. pre-COVID, there were 2.6 million black-owned businesses, 2.5 million at one point. Exactly. And the average revenue is fifty-four thousand dollars. The average revenue doesn't even cover a household. Right. And so, what are you supposed to do when it's when you need to pay for the things that you need to pay for? When when inflation is at an all-time high, when you can't afford to grow your business because you can't afford to pay someone. Right. You know. So there's the, all of these nuances, but they just want to say, "Oh, black women are killing the game." Yes, we're innovative. On paper. Yes, and, and we're that, doing that, it. And that's why I keep telling people. That's on paper. But until, I mean, it looks, it sounds great. Right. Until you go on and like, hold on, let me actually look at right. the data. And this is a whole different conversation. Right. So until the numbers make sense, until we're actually talking about some ceiling breaking numbers, some numbers that actually can fund and support a, biz, a family, then we're talking about side hustles. So, it's, so I'm, I'm going to go back to the point you, you just made about businesses. Uh, because somebody watching may say, Oh my God, that 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 that, that makes um, you know no sense. And when you look at all these all these other issues, but when you're a, but when you are an owner, and again, I think a lot of people don't understand what that means. That means your business is the, is the center of everything. It drives all aspects of your life. It does. And so that that's yeah, I. I won't say your children are not a priority. I won't say a spouse is a priority for owners. But in many ways, the business is the priority because it feeds the everything. It feeds everything. And oftentimes, especially for first-time business owners like myself, your personal credit is wrapped up in the business. Yep. So when it comes to home ownership and you bought a business, that's a whole nother conversation. Or if you need, you know, an emergency happens or payroll happens, that's coming out of your personal funding. Yeah. Because your personal credit is a part of that conversation. Right. And so I just don't think that people actually realize the nuances that comes with business ownership. So what? Okay. So what? What would you want to hear more from Warnock on, as it relates to to appeal to you as a business owner? I want to hear more about equitable funding opportunities. I want to hear more about um, equitable tax opportunities for um, businesses in low-income um, low-income communities. I want to hear about more capital investments for revitalizing biz uh, buildings in low-income communities. You know, if I can go and purchase a building in my hood and renovate it with government funding and tax initiatives, and then I'm able to employ someone using tax benefits and tax initiatives or splash funding or whatever, then you're giving me an opportunity to actually achieve this American dream that everyone else is talking about. See, that's why when when, when Tim Scott and Republicans talk about opportunity zones, I keep trying to explain them. That's for mega developers yes. to park money. <laughs> yes. That's not an actual opportunity zone. Right. To me, what you just described is an opportunity zone. That is, or as I think about, I've covered City Hall, tax increment financing districts, where the money actually stays in that. What you're talking about is, so imagine if this was a TIF or, or, or you had funding mechanisms set up to say, all right, we're going to encourage people to open businesses 
in these in this location in this corridor. And then giving us access in first dibs too, because oftentimes they will minor they will say minority, and then that will feed into white women, or right. that will feed into LBGT, you know, gay men, and not taking away anything from them. But your point about MWBE, right? Because really, when it started, it was supposed to be black. Right. So, like for me, I'll tell you, one of my biggest dreams right now is to open up another one of these coffee shops near SSU, Savannah State University. Savannah State University is in an opportunity zone on waters. I would love to be able to acquire a building, have the resources to, you know, revitalize that building, have the funding to hire a staff, get that thing going, and then provide a service to HBCU students in this community. But I don't have access to capital. I don't have resources to revitalization. I don't have tax benefits to support the staff buy the equipment or any of the things that I need to actualize that journey. And because my personal credit is wrapped up in this, yep. and they're not offering any sort of opportunities for minority business owners, women, men, regardless, especially low-income business owners who have proven themselves, then you're kind of stuck, and you're in this cycle of just barely making it. So that's what I would want to hear more of. Like, how can you help us help ourselves. And build, grow, expand. Because I'm not saying the same thing. I say the biggest issue for black businesses, I, I say it's capacity. I say, and, and in fact, people got mad at me when I said, I said, I don't want to hear anybody else talk about starting a black owned business. Like, oh my God, what do you mean? I said, no, I'm talking about you have to grow them. I said, I said, having a bunch of businesses is one person, and you're right, it really is a side hustle, as opposed to having five, six, eight, ten employees. Like, so, so for instance, when you tell me, how many employees do you have here? I have four. Got it. And so, when you started, that, that's what you started with? No, I started with me. Got it. And I still, I still work behind the bar, right. you know. My employees are part-time because, again, I can't fund a full-time employee. Right. I can't fund a manager. So not only am I, you know, the manager of this marketplace, which is an entire different business, I'm the manager of the event space that we hold, which is an entire different business, and I have to be behind the bar because, again, the resources just aren't there. Right. You know, right. So until you're driving revenue, right. at the end of the day, you've got to do all, all of those jobs. Again, and, and that's what I try to explain to people. That's the unsexy part about oh, entrepreneurship. Yeah. Again, this this notion I that all oh, that you own it, you could just chill and relax, you just direct people I'm like, nah, that ain't it. I'm not there yet. I don't know. Maybe one day, you know, as as we grow and as we, you know, acquire more. Right now, you know, I'm in the hustle, I'm in the fire with everybody else. All right. Sounds good. Yeah. All right. I appreciate it. Thank you. All right. Thanks a bunch. Thank you. You know what? Uh, when it comes to these elections here, folks, what you're what you're what you're looking at is uh, choices that voters are making. Uh, and and the thing here, Michael, that if you look at data here, what's happening, and you got people like uh, you, you got a lot of Republicans out there who are ecstatic. They think that it's trending in their favor. Uh, they, the folks out here predicting uh, it's, it's going to be a major red wave. You've got um, Morning Joe going on and on and on today saying that old Democrats, progressives are ignoring voters when it comes to crime, how all of a sudden crime is like the dominant issue. And no, crime is a dominant issue because Republicans have been lying about it. 
you had the district attorney who was recalled in San Francisco. And the folks were like, oh, my God, crime's out of control. Yet when you look at the actual stats, it, it actually wasn't. Um, right. Same, you know, and so now, same thing. And so we're seeing what's happening. And so one of the things that I think often happens is that Democrats allow, and we discussed this the last couple of nights, Democrats too often allow Republicans to set the parameters of the debate. And right. so then the debate is on those issues. So now it's, oh, no. Uh, and then media goes, well, uh, you know, the focus, the, everything is, you know, the voters care about crime. They care about uh, inflation. They care about gas prices. Well, he's a perfect example. How many media outlets bitched and moaned when gas was going up, yet when gas prices fell for 99 days, no one talked about it? Right. For everybody who's watching, you, how many live shots happen on local TV stations and on network TV stations saying, showing gas prices falling? Mm -hmm. But all the stories were on gas prices increasing. And so we can't act as if media doesn't play a role in shaping the narrative of what people are talking about. Yeah, media plays a role. Um, and I, I saw Morning Joe this morning, and Charles Coleman uh, uh, did a good job uh, for, for an Omega. He did a good job of really articulating how, uh, cr how crime becoming an issue in a uh, campaign can be racialized. And he really took Joe Scarborough to task on it as well. He did it. It was a textbook analysis of, of how he did it. But what's happened is, is uh, something that many analysts predicted was going to happen. Dark money has come into the um, campaign. And w w when we see these races tightening in Pennsylvania, in uh, Wisconsin, these, these uh, Senate races, we see that uh, Republicans have spent over the past two or three months, something like that, uh, right around dealing with ads dealing with crime, about $240 million. Washington Post had an analysis on this a couple of days ago. And uh, we see things like in, in the Georgia gubernatorial race, we see uh, ads of Stacey Abrams with her complexion darker. We see ads of um, uh, uh, Mandela Barnes in uh, Wisconsin, who's uh, running for governor of Wisconsin. Uh, he's lieutenant governor now. And uh, I'm sorry, uh, Senate. He's running for the Senate against dumbass Ron Johnson. We see ads where his complexion is darker. And we see them uh, running another Willie Horton ad on white I suburban women, okay, on white suburban women scaring them about crime. And Democrats should have seen this coming. Yes, abortion is a huge issue, but it ain't the only issue. Right. Two, two things that uh, Republicans have been focusing on this past month to two months is inflation and crime. Inflation and crime. And, 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 you, know, and you notice how critical race theory has disappeared. It, yes. See, again, yep. we all knew it was total bullshit when it happened. Go ahead. Exactly. So, so, so these, these last 18 days, these last 18 days, <clears throat> Democrats have to hit hard their plan to deal with crime. I would talk about public safety. And when you hit, when, and when you're talking about crime, you are talking about it on their terms. Yeah. So I would talk about public safety, which not just addresses crime, but it addresses the factors that lead to crime, which also deals with quality of life. It deals with education, deals with job training, it deals with mental health, it deals with uh, uh, dealing with 
uh, public safety and policing holistically, as opposed to what Republicans are saying, because what Republicans are saying is, vote for us and we'll protect you from them, million yep. black people, yep. okay? This is the Willie Horton ad of 2022 that Republicans are running. So uh, what, the, what, what Biden did today, his, his speech dealing with the economy and then his speech dealing with uh, student loan forgiveness, it was extremely important. He needs to do that for the next 18 days. But Democrats cannot run away from the economy and inflation Okay, they got to talk about the 10 million jobs created, 3.7% unemployment rate, American Rescue Plan that saved the economy and every Republican in the House and the Senate voted against the American Rescue Plan to save the economy. Inflation Reduction Act, every Republican in the House and the Senate voted against the Inflation Reduction Act, but they want to cry about inflation. You got to hit them hard for these next 18 days. Um, Nola, uh, Tim Ryan is running, Congressman Tim Ryan is running for the U.S. Senate in Ohio. And one of the things that uh, he addressed, I'm going to play it in a second, uh, and, and everybody who's watching knows I've been trashing these, uh, these sorry-ass white Democratic strategists uh, because they're <laughs> controlling the money and they're controlling the messaging of the, of, of the party. And so there's a Washington Post article that was done, and one of these strategists says in the article that Democrats should give up on places like Ohio. We should focus on college-educated white voters. Well, this was the response here of Tim Ryan. Go to my iPad, please. Yesterday, in the Washington Post, there was a national Democratic consultant, high-level consultant, that said, we can't play in places like Ohio. We shouldn't really go after seats in places like Ohio. We got to go to the states that have more college-educated people. <laughs> That pisses me off. That is an absolute slap in the face to everyone who's out there busting their ass who just may not have a college degree. And I will tell you something. I will not let the Democratic Party... BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy last year by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. What up, everyone? It's Lunchbox from the Bobby Bone Show, and I'm here to tell you the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get you anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. 
Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Tired of restless nights? Meet Lisa, the sleep experts. Here at Lisa, we know that good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. That's why their mattresses are made for exceptional comfort and support, catering to every sleep need. Check out Lisa's Sapira Hybrid Mattress, named best hybrid mattress five years running. Sleep hot? The Chill Collection is built with cool-to-the-touch top fabric and layers of high-density comfort foams, all intended to remove excess body heat while maximizing comfort. With Lisa, getting a new mattress has never been easier. Delivery is free, and you have 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. Don't spend another night dreaming of better sleep. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com forward slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. That's l-e-e-s-a.com forward slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. Party. Turn into a party where you have to go get a college degree as a passport to get into the party. That's bullshit. And I'm not going to let that happen. Yes. This is, now, Noah, this is the same Tim Ryan who, for some reason, Chuck Schumer's pack refuses to put any money. Mm-hmm. He literally is running neck and neck against, um, against uh, J.D. Vance. Uh, Democrats are operating from this vantage point of, well, Trump blew Hillary Clinton away, beat her by 450,000 votes in 2016. Biden lost the state by eight points. But, this, but here's the crazy part. They're putting money into the race in Nevada, and the Republican is leading. This race is actually tied. Uh, and, and so what, what, what's, so when I hear that white Democratic strategist, um, so that Democratic strategist, we don't know if they're white. Yeah, we do. Um, <laughs> say that, that's exactly what they say about candidates who run in the South, where black folks are. And this is one of the reasons why. So if you start shrinking your possibilities, you're not competing in places where you can potentially win because you're not even trying to compete for those voters. That's what Tim Ryan is saying. You know, absolutely. And I have two points to make about this as a Southerner and also as a professor teaching at colleges. So I think that a large po- part of the problem is that we are not dealing in traditional politics. I think that a lot of these kind of ways that we used to operate in, the traditional metrics are not going to work. And people need to understand that the landscape has vastly changed. I don't know where people get the idea that college campuses are these liberal bastions, that people like me are somehow in the classrooms, you know, trying to convince all the kids to vote blue. That's not what's happening. And actually, what I am seeing in some of the the universities that I've taught in, I've actually seen a more kind of turn towards conservatism. So this kind of idea that we need to get more college-educated kids because you know, this kind of trope of that's like a where, where all the, the, the liberal um, future elites are, that's not necessarily true. And then as a Southerner from the very deep South, it's also, you know, it's condescending. And it's not only condescending to someone like me, but it's condescending to maybe one of my cousins who literally, you know, work on a bayou and fish for a living. You know, because they because they internalize it, they're like, well, 
they're not for us anyway. They're not thinking about us anyway. So why would I even care? First, to go out and vote during midterms right. when it's always historically low. And then secondly, why would you want to give somebody your vote when they're not even interested enough to target you in a, in a positive way, to actually go after your vote as if it has value? So, you know, those two things alone um, tells me that we're... We, we're not always playing on the same um, field because, like you mentioned earlier, the bullying and the messaging, which is why it's always louder, which is why it, it, it's always dominant, we're sticking to traditional politics in terms of metrics, in terms of going high when they go low, you know, st stats, you know, versus narrative. But I think that we do need to roll up our sleeves a little bit and get a little dirty and get a little muddy, because I think, actually, this is what a lot of younger voters are wanting from the Democratic Party, too, to be quite honest. When we do talk about domestic politics in my classes, this is the feedback I am right. getting from Gen Z. This is what they are saying. Let's roll up our sleeves a bit and let's get a little muddy. The thing here, Matt, that, that, that I keep saying to folks, and that's why I call out these white Democratic strategies the way I do. It's because uh, they collecting checks. They're going to move from campaign to campaign, and they're kind of like, yeah, whatever. But see, the other thing is, the reason they really like those white college-educated voters, they don't want to work. These white Democratic strategies, they also don't want to spend the money going into black neighborhoods. Latino uh, neighborhoods. They don't want to go into barrios. They don't want to go into ghettos. They don't want to go into low-income areas. They want to stay safe, run some ads, run some TV ads in the suburbs and run these nice, wonderful, neat campaigns. They don't want to get down and dirty and gritty. And so that's why these folks must be called out and challenged because they also, unfortunately, they're the ones who are controlling the checkbooks in the Democratic Party. And this is why, they, exactly. and this is why they lose. They lose because... The best way to lose is not to fight for votes. Yeah, I think this is exactly right. I think it's as big a strategic blunder as you can make, particularly because we've seen so much populism from Trump and his cronies in the Republican Party. I mean, this works directly against your interest if you alienate people who might otherwise be able to come over to your cause by saying, you know, if you're not uh, college educated or you're not of the ilk of the people that we want, you know, we're not going to appeal to you. That seems to me to just be per se a strategic blunder. But on top of that, to your point, I mean, I think Michael said this earlier, um, you know, Republicans are playing for keeps. Democrats are playing for likes. Uh, Republicans are playing for keeps. We see that time and time again. So obviously the people who are in the strategy positions and who control the purse strings are not making some of the smart decisions. Case in point, here in Texas, I saw just yesterday, I got an email that uh, Jessica Cisneros is running against Henry Cuellar, and the DCCC is paying Henry Cuellar, despite his uh, conservative leanings and the things that he's done, showing that he's not really, you know, for the Democratic cause. So, I mean, I don't even understand some of the decisions they're making behind who they're backing and who they're not backing, including uh, the sister that you had on from Florida uh, last week who said that they are choosing a different race, despite hers being very competitive and having a big number swing um, that could mean that that district will go to her. So with that being said, you know, it just seems like these strategists have heads in the sand, particularly because the trend right now with the populism uh, on the Republican side seems like that's the last card you want to play is appealing only to college-educated uh, liberal folks.
Yeah, absolutely. Uh, that absolutely, <laughs> that's what's going on. All right, folks, hold tight one second. We come back. Our black and missing. Also, uh, Tucker Carlson shows uh, his racist, misogynistic attack on black women last night. Yeah, I got a few words to say about that. But also, why isn't MSNBC and NBC being more aggressive at protecting their own? Mmm. Yeah, I'm going to speak on that next. You're watching Roland Martin Filtered on the Black Star Network. Hey, on YouTube, y'all watching? Stop sitting on y'all asses. Hit the like button. It's damn near 3,000 of y'all watching. We got less than 1,000 likes. Can y'all explain why? Y'all love commenting. Hit the damn like button. It ain't hard. Click, move on. It's free. Like, literally, it doesn't cost a dime to hit the like button. Hit it. So when I come back, I should see us up to around 12, 13, 1400. No, damn that. We should be at 1500 likes, okay? So hit the button. Same thing on Facebook, on Twitch, on Instagram, and same thing on the Black Star Network. Hit the like button, hit the share button as well. Download our app, Black Star Network, Apple phone, Android phone, Apple TV for Android TV, Roku, Amazon Fire TV, Xbox One, Samsung Smart TV. Join our Brina Funk fan club. So you check in money orders to PO Box 57196, Washington, D.C. 20037. Come on, let's go. Washington, D.C. 20037-0196. Cash app, dollar sign, RM Unfiltered. Y'all sleep in there. PayPal, R Martin Unfiltered. Venmo is RM Unfiltered. Zale is rolling at rollingsmartin.com. Rolling at rollingmartinunfiltered.com. And of course, uh, buy the book, Wide Fear, How the Brown of America's Making White Folks Lose Their Minds. Ben Bella Books, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, IndieBound, Bookshop, Chapters, Books A Million, Target. And of course, you can also download the book on Audible. You can also get it from your favorite black bookstore as well. And so what am I going to play going to the break since uh, Noel is in here? Seriously bugging a brother. Um, Sydney. Yeah, let me tell you how, let me tell you what Nola did. First of all, Nola came in here and you know what's about to visit your house? Nola one of them black folk come visit your house. She's like, why you got the music all the way up? I can't hear. And then she's like, are you burning candles in here? And I was like, is there anything else? Like, I'm listening to your lies. Go ahead. No, I'm just saying. I mean, is there anything else you want me to not do that I normally do since you here? Did nobody say nothing about that ashy candle that I you burned? Hey, hey, Did nobody hey, say hey, nothing hey, about hey, it? Isn't that, that, that the name the of the candle? Rollings, uh, ashy candle. It mm -hmm. smells good. Mm -hmm. What I'm just saying. Mm -hmm. I sat here in mind my business. No, I was you taking tell me my you notes. Like, you made fun of my you, pen and you paper. You like commenting mm -hmm. on. Y'all, then she gonna say, why you gotta have all of my pants? I didn't do all that. Yes, you did! I didn't do all this. See, this is what, right here, next time Nola comes in the studio, I want cameras rolling the entire time so we can roll back so y'all can see, y'all, this, this see is how the it lies. was. Y'all, come on, Nola. Why you got all of my pants? Lies. Why you got all of my pants? I did say that. I did say that. Yeah, you did. No, no, no. no. I said, I oh, said, I said. Now she's what admitting. What I said was, how many iPads do you need is what I said. <laughs> That's exactly what I said. But the I, rest are lies, y'all. I told y'all. This is what happens when certain black people come to your house mm. and they want to start telling you about your house. Mm -hmm. Your mm -hmm. house. I was minding my business, y'all. Minding my business. That's all see, I See, I see. Mm -hmm. See, see, now you, cause see, y'all be hitting me when you bring the panel back in studio. Exhibit A. <laughs> exhibit A. Exhibit A. Mama, don't listen to this man. Exhibit A. <laughs> right, even your mama watching. Your mama texts you. Mama said, well, I like rolling tops. I like rolling tops. See? 
See, I'm always good, y'all, because I always got the mamas on my side. <laughs> and so when the daughters and the sons get out of line, I can always count on the mamas <laughs> to cuss out the daughters. Not cuss out. Mm -mm. You know, you know, you got mm -mm. like mama going. You know, you, your mama going to give you. Where your mama from? New Orleans, Louisiana. <laughs> she gonna hit your ass with a root. She gonna hit you with a root. All right, y'all. I gotta go to a break. Let me listen to my man, uh, Willie Hutch. I'll be back. in ourselves. We all shine. Together, we are black beyond measure. Welcome to Atlanta, one of the most expensive housing markets in America. But rather than help out, Brian Kemp cashed in. He made hundreds of thousands of dollars in real estate. His net worth skyrocketed. And while Atlantans struggled to stay in their homes, Kemp gave $10,000 tax handouts to the richest Georgians and a nearly $700 million no-bid contract to his campaign donor. Brian kicked back Kemp, making Georgia work for him, not you. When we invest in ourselves, we're investing in what's next for all of us. Growing. Creating. Making moves that move us all forward. Together, we are black beyond measure. Hatred on the streets, a horrific scene. A white nationalist rally that descended into deadly violence. White people are losing their damn minds. As an angry pro-Trump mob storms the U.S. Capitol, we're about to see the rise of what I call white minority resistance. We have seen white folks in this country who simply cannot tolerate black folks voting. I think what we're seeing is the inevitable result of violent denial. This is part of American history. Every time that people of color have made progress, whether real or symbolic, there has been what Carol Anderson at Emory University calls white rage as a backlash. This is the rise of the Proud Boys and the Boogaloo Boys. America, there's going to be more of this. Here's all the Proud Boys, guys. This country is getting increasingly racist in its behaviors and its attitudes because of the fear of white people. The fear that they're taking our jobs, they're taking our resources, they're taking our women. This is white fear. empower the community with education. Liberia Economic Development Initiative, LEDI, is hosting the International Life Changers Awards and Liberia's Bicentennial to celebrate LEDI building the country's first modern public library and technology center. Join event host Roland Martin, our honorees, Reverend Dr. Jamal Bryant, Zernona Clayton, Thomas Dorch Jr., Dana Lupton, Dr. Tammy Gracedeal, on October 29th at the CNN Center Atlanta. There are no public libraries in Liberia, but together we can change that. Get tickets at ledinow.org. Hey, I'm Antonique Smith. Hey, I'm Arnaz Jane. Hi, this is Cheryl Lee Ralph, and you are watching Roland Martin, unfiltered. I mean, could it be any other way? Really, it's Roland Martin.
Cammy Ramirez Covado, Covado has been missing from St. Joseph, Missouri since September 30th, 2022. The 25-year-old is 5 feet 3 inches tall, weighs 120 pounds with black hair and brown eyes. Anyone with information regarding Cammy Ramirez Covado's whereabouts should contact the St. Joseph, Missouri Police Department at 816-271-4777. 816-271-4777. All right, folks. Um, when I was writing my book, White Fear, one of the things that immediately jumped out in terms of how I framed this whole deal is the literal white nationalism, the white racism of Fox News. Ever since Fox News was created by Roger Ailes, it, was, it is, was designed to appeal to the racial buttons of white America. It has always been about the white outrage. That's why they have targeted African Americans, target Latinos. That's why every time they need their ratings boosted, they'll conjure up a caravan coming to the, to the southern border. That's their entire deal. And so, when uh, they decided to oppose, if you will, uh, or speak truthfully about the election with Donald Trump, he began to attack them, and One America News and Newsmax's ratings began to increase. And so uh, they began to lose numbers. And so they freaked out and said, well, let's double down on Donald Trump, double down on election lying. That's why Dominion is suing them. And so they've even allowed uh, Tucker Carlson, uh, who is nothing but a trust fund baby, born with two silver spoons in his mouth, to all of a sudden create this whole notion that he is a populist and he cares about the working class man and woman, when really, if you listen to his show or watch his show, he is nothing but a white nationalist who's spewing hatred against people of color, and that's why his show is the highest-rated one on cable news. He is all about white grievance. He's always, he's all about, oh my goodness, the white people, it's all ending for us. He is the epitome of my book, White Fear, how the browning of America is making white folks lose their minds. That's who Tucker Carlson is. And so this week, what, a couple of nights ago, uh, he decided to take aim at Joanne Reed and specifically Tiffany Cross, two sisters with shows on MSNBC. If you want to see this level of nastiness hatred and bigotry just watch this have you watched msnbc lately likely you haven't like the tootsies you're not the target audience but you should tune in sometime it's remarkable given that opposing racism is america's national religion it may surprise you to learn that open race hate forms much of the substance of that channel's programming and when we say race hate we're not referring to the subtle coded variety you want border security? You're giving your kids piano lessons? You like Shakespeare? You believe in the SAT? You must be a racist. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about the kind of race hate you cannot mistake for anything else, the kind where people just come out and announce, I hate this race of people, and here's why I do. It's hard to believe that anything like that is happening right now on American television, but it is, out in the open. And the most amazing and the most creepy part of all is that no one is saying anything about it. It's all but ignored. And honestly, we had no idea it was going on either until we started getting texts from people. Are you watching this? Can you believe this? So we tuned in. 
Apparently on the left, what you're about to see is considered completely normal, even good. And that should worry you deeply. You don't want to live in Rwanda. But on MSNBC, they're already there. Now, you probably knew about Joy Reid, the race lady who's been fixated on race hate for years now. But MSNBC has a new host, someone called Tiffany Cross, who hosts a show called The Cross Connection. Here's a selection. Many of us have seen the dangers when powerful white people decide they want something, they annex it. And they've never had a problem replacing the people who stand in their way. We see American white people are, are going crazy. They're, going, they're resorting to violence. This is literally what conservative white folks do when they don't get their way. They turn violent. White people deputizing themselves in some position of authority to have jurisdiction over their life when they need to mind their blanking business. I don't think it's our responsibility to be tasked with destroying and dismantling the uh, racial oppression that's against us. That's just saying we're more at fault than the white people who constructed this system and the white people who continue to practice institutional racism. A majority of white people do not support policies that would unpack and unroll and reform this system of justice. This is what they want. Matt Gates is giving the white folks what they want. White replacement can strangle culture. So yes, we should all be concerned about white replacement. It is, after all, a very threat to our survival here. Is there anything worse than white people? They're violent, they're heartless, they're cruel, they're deranged, they're secretive, they're dishonest. In fact, as you just heard Tiffany Cross say, white people are a mortal danger to you and your loved ones. They threaten your life. Are they poisoning the wells? Are they baking bread with the blood of your children? If not, according to Tiffany Cross and MSNBC, they're fully capable of doing those things. They've certainly done worse. This is Hutu Radio. But it's not an independent radio station in an African country. It's part of one of the biggest news organizations in the world. Part of the... So it's not just whites, it's white women. Their women are bad too. And women, of course, are the key to reproducing the white race, which is clearly a threat, as she says again and again, to you and your family. They're dangerous. They want to hurt you. Now, don't be fooled by the fact that Tiffany Cross can barely speak a coherent sentence. She was a communications major, apparently, according to the Internet. That didn't work. So what do we do here? So you see how Tucker Carlson tries to, oh, well, we start getting text messages. And do you see what they're saying? Folks, we have watched Fox News for years. We have watched uh, as they have attacked black rappers and other groups, how they, Glenn Beck, when he was there, talked about how Obama hated white people. We've seen how that was the strategy. We've actually heard from people who used to work at Fox News talk about how their strategy absolutely is about appealing to the issue of race and driving this issue. This, this is what we have seen repeatedly. And so it's no shock they're doing this. I told y'all in my book, White Fear, that the whole point is, oh my goodness, how dare we? With the real anger of the Tucker Carlson's of the world and Megyn Kelly, of course, the former right-wing zealot at Fox News who took a shot at Tiffany Cross as well, what they cannot stand is that we now have a voice. See, what bothers them, what bothers a Tucker, what bothers all of them, and in fact, Megyn Kelly even tried to say Tiffany Cross 
had a failed show, which I was very surprised by because Tiffany actually has the highest rated show on MSNBC on the weekends. Megan is the one who got paid $69 million to leave because she failed. Her show sucked at NBC. She didn't even last two years. And so what you have here are folks who literally cannot stand the fact that we are now hosting shows. We now get to give opinions. We now get to actually share our thoughts. See, I warned y'all back in 2009 this was going to happen. I told you as we move closer to 2043, you're going to see the vitriol increase because it is a part of their rage machine to amp up their white conservative viewers to go look at them, how dare they, look at what uh, they are dare saying, what's going on. We can roll the tape and we literally do not have enough hours in the day to show you the kind of vitriol that we have heard come from Fox News oh, since its inception with its targeting of black and Latino people. Tucker Carlson is about driving the white outrage which drives the cash registers at Fox News, there is profit in white rage. He is their leading prophet. That's who he is. And so when you understand that, then how do you counter that? For some reason, I've yet to see, and maybe y'all can let me know in the control room, I've yet to see a forceful reaction from MSNBC or NBC regarding the attacks on their host, Joanne Reed, Tiffany Cross. Now, Fox News, one of the things that they always did, they employed a very aggressive PR team. They pushed back hard when folks attacked Sean Hannity or Bill O'Reilly or Megyn Kelly. I don't understand why MSNBC and NBC is so quiet. Why they are unwilling to engage. See, I, I, I'll, I'll deposit this. And let me just help you all out. One of the biggest problems, y'all, with progressives is they're scared to fight. See, progress, oh, no, no, that's, we, we don't want to, we don't want to do that. That's just not how we do things over here. See, Fox News will viciously attack, and they will have all of their shows attack and attack progressives. Oh, no, we don't, we, we don't want to engage. See, that's why when that right-wing zealot Mark Levin three weeks ago on his radio show, attacked me and said, uh, Roland Martin will never invite me on his show. I did that night. It's been three weeks. He hasn't responded. See, I'm not willing to fight anybody on the right. Sean Hannity, 
I ain't scared of you. He's been running from me for a decade. Bill O'Reilly, running. Tucker Carlson, running. Laura Ingram, running. Take your pick, all of them. Ken Lincoln Candy over there, running. Greg Gutfeld, running. All of them, running. Lou Dawes, I did a show at CNN. We got the Fox News, Fox Business, running. Janine Pirro, running. Because, see, they love talking trash, but they don't want to do it in front of you because they can't handle that heat coming back. And so, if Republicans win the House and the Senate in November, we're going to need Joy and Reed, but especially Tiffany Cross. We're going to need people who are on air, who are unafraid to fight. See, when it's, when it's time to fight, you don't bring soft people to a fight. What, what's the song, uh, what's the song, Michael? Uh, Knuck or Buck? Is that the song? <laughs> Nuck if, uh, you yeah. Nuck if you buck. Nuck if you buck. Yeah. Um, MSNBC execs, NBC uh, execs, y'all need to get some nuck or buck. Y'all need to wake up and understand what is going on here because this thing is not going to get for the better. You got to have some folks who are willing to throw down and willing to fight, willing to swing. And I dare say, and let me be real clear, I'm not doing this commentary because I get invited uh, on Tiffany's show. I'm doing it because I understand what is at stake. I understand democracy. I understand that we've got to have folks who are willing to fight, willing to engage, willing to do battle. There's a great story in the Bible of one of David's mighty men and there was a field of lentils and the people of Israel were like, man, look, that's a field of lentils. We gonna get that thing up. We, 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 gonna, we, we ain't fighting over that. But there was a certain man named Shema and Shema said, no, if God gave us this land, I'm fighting over it and stood there and fought with both hands. Slayed them with both hands over a field of lentils. We've got to have modern day shamers, men and women who are willing to go hard at Fox News, at Tucker Carlson, at white supremacy, at these domestic terrorists in this country. And we need folks who are modern day shamers, who are men and women, who are black, who are white, who are Latino, who are Native American, who are Asian. Because when you say this is a fight for the soul of democracy, no, what this is about is now the redefinition of America and becoming a more perfect union. And folk like Tucker and Fox News wants us to continue to be what we've always been. Now this is game on. And we need warriors like Tiffany Cross on the battlefield. We got enough people on the sidelines watching. We need folk who are ready to swing and her bosses. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy last year by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America.
There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Hey, Doug Gottlieb here to tell you the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making the now perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new Toyota truck, like a rugged half-ton Tundra. Workhorse by nature, powerhouse by design, the Tundra combines the raw capability with premium comfort and advanced tech to fuel your wildest adventures. With the available iForce Max hybrid powertrain, you can take electrifying horsepower further than ever before. Or check out the fully redesigned Tacoma. Delivering trail-dominating power and captivating style, the new Tacoma was born to make your off-roading dreams come true. With new available tech, this legendary truck is getting even better. When you buy a Toyota truck, you buy Toyota dependability, meaning your truck will hold its value long into the future. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out the amazing national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Does sleeping hot keep you up at night? Meet the Lisa Chill Collection. These cooling mattresses work like magic with a cool-to-the-touch cover, zoned springs, and comfy foam layers. Say goodbye to restless nights and wake up refreshed. Lisa's Chill Mattresses beat the heat with ultra-cool covers that whisk away heat, so you always sleep just right. These hybrids blend up to 1,032 breathable springs and plush foams for the ultimate cooling and comfort. And the Chill Collection doesn't just feel great, it looks great, too with thoughtful design and pillowy quilt tops. No matter your budget, Lisa has a chill mattress for you. For a limited time, save up to $460 on chill mattresses and get two free pillows. iHeart listeners can save an extra $50 off by visiting lisa.com forward slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com forward slash iHeart. With Lisa, your purchase has purpose. Every year, Lisa donates thousands of mattresses to those in need. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. And her network should have her back. Period. Real quick thoughts for my panel before I go to my education segment. Uh, I'll start with you, Matt. Uh, I think you're right. I think we shouldn't be surprised that a paleoconservative who is often saying off-the-wall things, did it again, particularly because we know he espouses great replacement theory. I mean, this is Tucker Carlson's forte. This is what Fox News leverages for the people that watch it. And you said it, profit is the motive. So I think you're 100% right. I think we need those people, and I think those people to fight. And I think the Democratic Party, uh, to your point, you know, we talk about it every week. They not only don't fight effectively, but they don't fight voraciously, and they don't fight for keeps. Republicans tell us at every turn what they're doing, what their plans are, and they fight no holds barred, and Democrats need to do the same thing. Nola? You know, this is definitely a personal—it <clears throat> touches me personally as a guest on, you know, Tiffany's show and her professionalism and the important voice that she is for everyone in this country and beyond, but especially for black women, I know what it feels like to have a, a powerful white man to try to tarnish your reputation. And I know what it feels like um, for you know these sorts of attacks, not in such a public sphere like this, but I do know what it feels like to have a colleague 
try to tar tarnish your professional image. And the, the dangerous part is, is that as black people, you know, we are raised with this idea that we have to be 10 times better. And I would posit as a black woman, let's multiply that by three. So we have to always be mindful of our professionalism, how we present. And then we also have to always be mindful of our responses because, you know, we have to work in these environments where, you know, people have the trope of the angry black woman. And so we always have to negotiate just how far we want to take it, how much of our authenticity we actually want to show up with. So, you know, Tiffany has this platform, Joy Reid has, has her platform where they can speak an uncomfortable truth, and that's really what this is about. These are uncomfortable truths that many people in this country are trying to um, put bows on it and, and wrap it up in, in, in new kind of wrapping paper to present it as something else. And the thing about it is this, trying to you know um, put these women in a light that sheds them as angry black women. And I'm sure the trope of, you know, not being smart and trying to come at Tiffany saying that, you know, her show is failing when that is not the truth at all, but it's not about the truth. And certain platforms have nothing to do with the truth. It's all about painting a picture and, and, and holding up a familiar target, you know, and people believing that. And so my, my issue is, I hope they are safe. At the very least, I hope that they are pro being provided some level of security because this has definitely endangered their well-beings in a way that just isn't fair. And that's not how it should be in a democracy like the United States. And it's not how it should be when you at work amongst yep. colleagues. So I just hope that they are safe. Michael. Well, this is more white supremacy coming from um, what I call coup plotter TV or white nationalist TV. And, um, you know, uh, Tucker Carlson is the uh, golden child over there, like Bill O'Reilly was. And it was um, the, uh, the uh, sexual harassment scandal, but the, um, the boycotts from about... Um, uh, from a number of different civil rights organizations that work together to get 80 advertisers to divest from Bill O'Reilly's TV show, The O'Reilly Factor. And it got to the point where that show was not profitable and they canceled his show. I've said before, um, we need to go after uh, Tucker Carlson's or Tuckums, as Joy, Joy and Reed calls, calls him, go after his advertisers. And at the same time, you know, we really have to understand uh, this is somebody who embraces authoritarianism. He embraces Victor mm -hmm. Orban uh, of Hungary. He did a documentary of Victor Orban. This is somebody who who, who did that interview with uh, Kanye West, and there were excerpts of the interview that were deleted that are being leaked out now as well, and they're pimping Kanye also. The, Fox News is, is extremely dangerous. It's, it's Fox News who really propelled the media outlet that really propelled the most to the forefront, this anti-critical race theory, this fake uh, 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 attack on critical race theory, things like this. So this is extremely dangerous, especially in a uh, midterm election year. So uh, I watch uh, Joanne Reed and, and Tiffany Cross as well. Uh, hopefully they're safe, but we definitely need to fight back against white supremacists like little Tuckums. Uh, indeed. So, and let me be real clear, y'all. Uh, MSNBC don't pay me. 
NBC don't pay me. Uh, I own this show, I control this show, uh, and the bottom line is, if somebody's gonna come after your people, you defend your folk, especially under that kind of vicious attack. The ADL, uh, show me the, pull the tweet up, please. That was a response I saw. Uh, this will be the last comment. Uh, this uh, uh, ADL, Tucker Carlson, has again used this platform to stoke racial tensions, falsely and dangerously accusing a black MSNBC host of instigating a genocide against white people. His incitement and the trivialization of the Rwandan genocide must be forcefully condemned. I have not seen a tweet from MSNBC or NBC. That makes no sense to me. Got to go to a break. We come back, our Education Matters segment, uh, as a group fights uh, to help folks with learning challenges get an education. We'll discuss that next on Roller Martin Unfiltered on the Black Star Network. When we invest in ourselves, our glow, our vision, our vibe, we all shine. Together, we are black beyond measure. You know what's on the ballot. It's not just legislation and policies we believe in. It's democracy. Our democracy. There's a choice on the ballot between freedom and fear, between cruelty and compassion, between chaos and community, between voting or violence, and the end of rights generations have fought for. The extremists have a plan, a roadmap for a nation where your voice is silenced and your vote is a memory, where they count their votes and cast ours aside. That's why this year, this fight, this vote is so important. Register, engage, volunteer, fight back against the disinformation and despair, and most of all, vote, because your vote is all that stands between our future and theirs. When we invest in ourselves, we all shine. Together, we are black beyond measure. Hey everybody, it's your girl Lunell. So We know that children with learning disabilities or learning difficulties are often overlooked and left behind uh, when it comes to learning environments. There's a group called the Shadow Project, uh, and what their goal is uh, to help those children, especially African-American children and black students with disabilities. They're more likely to be restrained and excluded from general education classes. Uh, it, they, therefore, they're based in Oregon, and they're a nonprofit doing the work to offer children with learning differences support they need to thrive in school. Uh, their mission is to make schools more accessible and engaging K through eight with learning challenges like dyslexia, ADHD, autism, and trauma. Uh, Executive Director Sharon Juneman from the Shadow Project, she joins us right now. Sharon, glad to have you uh, with us. Um, what, what was the impetus for starting this? What, 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 what caused you others to say, you know what, we, we've got to make this a priority? Well, I'll tell you what, the reason why the Shadow Project exists is because children with learning challenges have so much potential to contribute to our society and to be successful. And right now, um, they're not being given that opportunity in school. Our, our schools are overwhelmed and um, 
in, in the pandemic, kids with learning challenges fell even further behind than the general population. And our uh, world is missing out. We are missing out on these children because they're in the state of Oregon, 40% uh, of kids with disabilities do not graduate high school on time with a standard diploma. And so they're not even getting the opportunity to reach that basic education milestone. So the Shadow Project is um, partnering with teachers. We believe that teachers need more resources, more education, more support to, um, to teach kids who have learning differences like ADHD and autism and dyslexia um, so that they can um, have their their gifts recognized and encouraged and go on to achieve their dreams and their goals. Uh, first of all, um, how many places are you located in? Uh, are you based, you're based in Oregon, but uh, are you national? Do you have chapters? Uh, so how does that work? We are based in Portland, Oregon, and right now we're, um, you know, we're a small nonprofit. We're expanding. We support uh, about 50 different schools in the Portland metro area in the mid Willamette Valley. But our mission and our goal is to be in all of the schools in the state of Oregon. Um, we hear from parents and teachers all over the state who are saying, you know, how can we bring the Shadow Project to our school because our kids need these resources? All right. And then um, how many children have you helped thus far? Uh, and what is your goal over the next two to three years? How, how are you looking to expand? Yeah, I mean, over the last 15 years that we've been around, we have supported over 15,000 students to um, improve their reading, um, become more uh, persistent, and really believe in themselves and their ability to succeed in school and in life. But, um, you know, every year there's 80,000 kids in special education programs in Oregon. And so we have a goal over the next um, four to five years to serve an additional 10,000 students. Um, so we want to expand and grow and, um, and, you know, eventually become a national organization. Cool. Questions for my panel. Nola, you first. Thank you so much for doing this very important work. As an educator, I can tell you that these sorts of programs are definitely needed to um, level the playing field, so to speak, inside the classroom. So my, my, question, my question is, what, what are some of the challenges that you're seeing? I'm very curious. Um, what, what are some of the challenges, challenges regarding um, maybe funding issues, and then secondly, how does the program help the students kind of matriculate into um, other, you know, populations where, where other students are? So is that like a seamless process? Is that challenging? So I'm just curious about some of the challenges. Yeah, I think that in terms of funding, I mean, one of the biggest challenges... BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. There's plenty to celebrate in March and 
Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Hey guys, it's Ray from the Bobby Bone Show here to tell you the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure ready RAV4. Let's go! Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain from the road to the hills to the trails all over. And with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating up to eight passengers. Yeah. And with available features like the panoramic moonroof, you can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. Visit your local Toyota dealer. Check out amazing national sales event deals on RAV4s, Highlanders, and more. Visit buyatoyota.com. That's buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Does sleeping hot keep you up at night? Meet the Lisa Chill Collection. These cooling mattresses work like magic with a cool-to-the-touch cover, zoned springs, and comfy foam layers. Say goodbye to restless nights and wake up refreshed. Lisa's Chill Mattresses beat the heat with ultra-cool covers that whisk away heat, so you always sleep just right. These hybrids blend up to 1,032 breathable springs and plush foams for the ultimate cooling and comfort. And the Chill Collection doesn't just feel great, it looks great, too with thoughtful design and pillowy quilt tops. No matter your budget, Lisa has a chill mattress for you. For a limited time, save up to $460 on chill mattresses and get two free pillows. iHeart listeners can save an extra $50 off by visiting lisa.com forward slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com forward slash iHeart. With Lisa, your purchase has purpose. Every year, Lisa donates thousands of mattresses to those in need. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. Challenges is that the um, federal um, regulations that provide um, uh, the basis of the law that children with disabilities get a free and public education, that the legislation exists and, and has existed since 1975 but it's never been fully funded. So it's only ever been funded at about 40% of the total cost um, of what it, what it actually would cost to, um, to follow through with all of the federal mandates. So funding is a huge challenge. Um, but beyond that, I think that there's um, education and awareness. That's another huge challenge. At, at one um, study in 2017 by the National Center for Learning Disabilities showed that actually um, 33% of teachers surveyed felt that students with learning disabilities were not achieving to their potential because of laziness. And um, and that's a so so there's a stigma in our society and there's stereotypes about um, about people with learning disabilities um, that if they just try harder they could do it, and the fact of the matter is that kids with learning challenges are working hard every day. They're working um, 10 times harder than every other kid to achieve basic milestones, and what they need 
is um, is is to not have a one size fits all education system. Our education system was not built to educate people with disabilities, um, and you know there's change slowly coming over time, but the change is slow, and more change is needed. And schools need more resources because you know a teacher might have thirty kids or more in the classroom. And the teacher's job is so hard to be able to know every student and to understand the individual things that that child needs to succeed in school. That's where the shadow project comes in because we bring in more resources. For example, one of the programs that we do is help schools build a sensory space in, and then we train teachers and staff how to use it. And a sensory space is a, is a learning space in the classroom or in the school where kids can, on a schedule, on a routine, be able to take breaks and have movement breaks and learn for themselves like what their emotional state is and how they're feeling and what they can do to support their own needs when they're feeling stressed, when they're feeling triggered, when they're feeling like they've got too much energy to be able to sit down and sit in their chair and pay attention. Well, what happens right now is when kids feel that way, they get sent to the principal's office, right? Um, because they're acting out, um, because they're, they won't sit in their seat, they won't raise their hand to talk. But we have seen tremendous, tremendous changes when we bring a sensory space into a school. We've had teachers um, and principals tell us that it was a game changer for them. Instead of having to send kids to the principal's office, they start putting these kids on this sensory routine and all of a sudden, kids are able to stay in class, they're able to attend to learning. These are simple, very low cost things that, that schools can do. We make it low cost because as a nonprofit, we uh, do the fundraising and bring in the resources to the schools and partner with the schools. So, um, so you know, so a lot of these, uh, you know, societal challenges that we face, they're, they're very hard to make change, but these resources that we're bringing in are, are very low cost and they're very effective. Uh, Michael. All right, uh, Sharon, thanks for coming on and sharing this information with us. Um, on, on your website, you talk about closing uh, the opportunity gap in special education, and uh, you talk about how students with disabilities don't get to graduate with their peers, and then with um, Lat uh, Black and Latino students, the <clears throat> educational disparities are even more magnified. Can, can you talk about one or two of maybe the unique disparities with Black and Latino uh, students and how you're able to help them, how you're able to help them overcome those, uh, those, uh, those obstacles? Yes, absolutely. When we're talking about um, working with Black and Latino students and the, and the additional education disparities that they face, um, first of all, Black and Latino students are disciplined um, at a much higher rate, um, you know, nationwide and in the state of Oregon, too, than, than right. white students are. And then you add on top of that the learning challenge and the, or, the, or the disability. And, um, and so then it just magnifies um, all those issues. I mean, we had a—it magnifies issues for families, too, because there's a lack of trust in the, in the schools because of their generational experiences with education systems. And um, 
so there, you know, for parents who have kids um, with learning disabilities, there's a lot of advocacy that you have to do. There's a lot of talking to the teacher, talking to the principal, make sure they know your kid, making sure they know um, what your kid needs. But for Black and Latino families, where there's that distrust there, they're not sure if they're going to be heard by the school. They um, they may have not been heard before, so there's like, well, why you know why should I try to do this because you know my voice wasn't heard before, um, and then you know so for some um, families as well, Latino families, like if they are undocumented, they may be afraid to engage with the school in that way and and you know kind of go through that um, official process to get an educational diagnosis of a, of a disability. Um, so, you know, there's a, there's a number of barriers that, that families face. And so what we, one of the things that we do with our reading program is we bring in mentors to work with um, kids. We, we give them an assistive technology that helps them read at their comprehension level when they can't necessarily read grade level books in print because of, because of their reading disability. So we pair that with mentors who, um, are, you know, we recruit these men, these volunteers from these communities and we uh, give the mentors access to all sorts of training about um, bringing out for the kids these books where they can see themselves in the characters, right? So they right. they can see like, oh, I'm reading a book about a kid with a learning disability and I'm reading about how they overcame this disability. Or, you know, when I, I filled in for a mentor, um, you know, one time recently and I was, I was mentoring this, you know, young boy and he was jumping all over the hallway. You know, I was trying to get him to read and, you know, and I was like, okay, he likes to move. He's got this ball he's playing with. And I said, Hey, you know what? Do you like basketball? Yeah. He likes basketball. Okay. Well, let's look for some books about basketball. And I tell you, he was, as soon as we found a book about basketball, he was reading. Right. He was sitting in his chair and he was reading and he was paying attention. He was engrossed in that book. And so these are the kinds of things like when you get to know kids and you really take that time, then um, then you can get them reading and you can capture their attention. But um, but teachers don't have that time very often to um, to spend with individual children when their classrooms are already very busy and they have so many demands on their time. Matt? All right, thank, thanks. I, I have a two-part question, and, and thank you for doing this very worthwhile work. So I know these aren't the same thing, but when it comes to um, students that have learning disabilities, is part of your advocacy helping people, particularly Black and Latino people, understand IEPs and 504 plans and is there a part of your program that is supplemental to students that have those programs? Because I'm finding in my practice that some of my own clients don't know what their, their children are entitled to um, mm -hmm. and that schools are not providing that. So how do y'all address um, that issue in your advocacy? Yes, um, that is a huge issue. Um, I, I can tell you, I, I have a child who has an IEP, and it's a very intimidating process. Um, it requires a lot of knowledge and, um, you know, honestly, a lot of emotional fortitude sometimes when, mm -hmm. you know, you, you want so passionately for your child to um, succeed and be given the, the right education that they deserve. 
and you're often faced with, um, you know, the answer, no, a lot of the time, no, we can't do that. No, we don't have that resource. And um, so the Shadow Project um, does provide uh, parent outreach um, to the to the families in the schools where we partner, where we uh, talk to families about, for example, the role of audiobooks in learning. And in that, we, we also refer families to other organizations. Um, there's great organizations all across the country whose sole job is to help um, families learn how to advocate in that IEP process. Um, this is something that isn't known by very many families, I find, but every state in the country is required by federal law to have what's called a parent training and information center. And you can just Google um, special education parent training and information center, and you will find the listing for your state. And it's usually a community-based organization, a nonprofit, where they have um, a special federal grant. And that's their job is to provide training and webinars about how to be an advocate for your child in special education. All right, then. Well, look, if folks want more information about your group, where do they go? Shadow-project.org. All right, Sharon Gentlemen, we sure appreciate it. Thanks a lot. Thank you. All right, folks, that is it for us. Uh, let me thank uh, Michael. Let me thank uh, Matt. Uh, let me thank, for I guess, Nola for coming here, being all disruptive and everything. Anyway. Uh, sitting here. Uh, what? Nothing. What? I didn't say nothing. Oh, what? I'm sorry. I'm, you had something to say? I didn't say anything. I'm sorry. Since I'm, I'm on the other side of the studio, what? You had something to say? I didn't say nothing. Oh, I'm just, che just like checking. Like always, I'm just sitting here being, you I'm know, just minding checking. my business. Just minding I'm just my checking. Business. Look, they're they not a sponsor. Put that water down. They ain't, they ain't spend no money. That's free advertising. <laughs> uh, we don't do that. We don't do that. We don't do that. All right, y'all. Uh, don't forget, if y'all want to uh, support us, download the Black Star Network app. Uh, available on all platforms, Apple phone, Android phone, Apple TV, Android TV, Roku, Amazon Fire TV, Xbox One, Samsung Smart TV. Uh, and, of course, you can also join our Bring the Funk fan club. Your dollars make it possible for us to do what we do. Uh, that, of course, uh, is uh, send your checking money order to P.O. Box 57196, Washington, D.C., 20037-0196. Cash app, dollar sign, RM Unfiltered, PayPal's R. Martin Unfiltered. Venmo is RM Unfiltered. Zell is rolling at rollingsmartin.com, rolling at rollingmartinunfiltered.com. And, of course, get your copy of my book, White Fear, How the Browning of America is Making White Folks Lose Their Minds. Available on all bookstores, Amazon, Barnes & Noble. And, of course, you can also get it uh, on uh, Audible and go to your favorite black bookstore. Folks, Sunday, actually, first of all, tomorrow, I'm in Buffalo speaking to the Buffalo NAACP. So, Buffalo, I look forward to seeing y'all on, let's see here. Sunday, I have the GOTV rally that will be in uh, Houston, 4 to 7 p.m. Pull the graphic up. So I'm going to be there on Sunday. Monday, Augusta, Georgia, we will be there working uh, with, of uh, course, on behalf of the One Eye Campaign. Looking forward to having a, uh, a town hall there. And the folks in Swainsboro, 
backed by popular demand. They said, we're going to pack the joint out. They said they're going to have three to 400 people there waiting for us in Swainsboro on Tuesday. And so it's going to be a busy uh, for a few days. I'll be back uh, in studio on Wednesday. And so Buffalo tomorrow, Houston Sunday, Augusta, Georgia on Monday, Swainsboro, Georgia on Tuesday. Looking forward to all of it, folks. Uh, Y'all take care. We always end the show every Friday, of course, uh, with the folks who contribute to our fan club. And so we'll do that. Uh, and so uh, don't be talking about my Ashy Larry uh, candle, Nolan. Don't, don't be. It, this, a black, this, this a black show on a black network. No, I don't. That's what's called Black Star Network. So that's why we got candles going. We got like, you know, the LED lighting. It's, uh -huh. it's all, all right, that's okay. right. We got it going on. You know this. Y'all know, she, she know. This ain't, this ain't how MSNBC and CNN do it. Ain't that much flavor. Ain't that much color. Our chicken is seasoned. I'll see y'all on Monday. Holla! There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex National Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free.
Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Did you know that most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate, but not with 80 Acres Farms? Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled, going from farm to store in days, not weeks. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long, which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's no need to wash these greens? Because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview Great Falls offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity.